You're listening to The Private Citizen, defending your right to have something to hide. This is episode 73 for Monday, the 7th of June, 2021. A great time to be a podcaster. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm coming to you from the warm city of Düsseldorf in Germany. We've got some nice weather. Looks like uh, summer has come. Uh, we got some nice weather, but some shitty laws. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks thanks for being here as usual. Uh, the live recording is on Twitch on a Monday this time. Um, because, um, I don't know, there might be some uh, vaccination issues on Wednesday. And I don't want to record... Uh, a podcast while my while the blood's clotting in my brain or whatever's gonna happen so uh, we're here on a Monday which is fortunate because today is I'm gonna talk about the EU copyright reform I'm gonna talk about it because it was in, written into law in Germany today today on this very day um, and it is um, yeah Germany is probably the last uh, con- a country to to uh, you know sign this into law and I'm going to explain why this bloody law is, is really bad for journalism and free speech and why this is... Um, yeah, it's it's a great time to be a podcaster. Yeah, why it's a great time to be a podcaster right now. Um, yeah, that was Adam Curry. Um, I mean, I think he was talking about something else uh, there. But, uh, I mean, it's pretty much... It's 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 pretty pretty much applies right now. Um, this is just one more of 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 the issues uh, we are facing. Um, that that'll just you know make you happy to be a podcaster on your own platform. Um, you know where you don't have to uh, abide by any you know corporation, um, and you're responsible for your own stuff and your own. Um, yeah, you you know. I mean, you're, you're, I'm responsible to the same laws, but, you know, I can decide when I can put up and I don't have to, like, filter my own stuff. Anyway, we're going to talk about today uh, the copyright reform, but before we do that, I want to quickly drop drop a little plug here for another project um, I'm doing. So um, there's this little podcast, uh, the second podcast I've started called uh, Escape the Talk Show, where me and uh, my good friend Jonathan are playing this Russian shoot a game and um, we are uh, talking about things while we do that it's kind of like you know we're talking about life the universe and everything pretty much um, it's a lot more banter than this is a lot less political it's a fun show and uh, you know if you don't care about uh, Escape from Tarkov which is the game we're playing that doesn't matter that's just you know we just use that as some as some fun background um Atmosphere and this is very atmospheric, uh, including the weather, rain often, or being shot at. Um, it's quite fun. So check that out. Maybe, maybe you'll maybe you'll like it. Um, and with that, let's uh, launch into our. Oh no! Oh, sorry, I was getting ahead of myself there. Before we go into our main topic, um, I want to give a little update about something I've discussed on an earlier show. So let's do that instead. Mm-hmm. 
Radio. Um, yes, so in episode 58 of the show, uh, I had talked about um, this. This is originating for something uh, that was a discussion discussion in the Discord channel, and um, there was some somebody shared a video, I think. But you know, it was we were basically talking about um, automatic uh, license plate recognition and how you can do that and how pretty much anybody can do that these days. And um, I, I talked a little bit about that, um, you know, how, how easy it is uh, to do that kind of thing, um, you know, with mach machine learning and some openly available uh, tools. That was episode uh, 58, titled Ubiquitous License Plate Recognition. And I talked a little bit about the legal situation in Germany. Now, that has just recently changed uh, last week with the government saying they want to change the uh, Strafprozessordnung, very German word. I don't really know what the English term for that is. It's basically the rules, the policy that governs the police when they want to do it's It's about like when they, for example, can search your home. Usually that was always between, I think, six and nine in the evening, and now one change is they can do it in the middle of the night uh, because of the cyber bunker case. Uh, they were they were they were putting that forward as a reason, um, which I've also talked about on the show at some point, um, where they you know oh the hackers they work at night and we're gonna have to get them while they're in front of their computer, um, you know while while they're actually hacking. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought that was that was hilarious. Um, yeah, so um, that was one of the changes. Another change is that um, they will what now will allow automatic license uh, plate scanners. Oh God, my show notes. I'm fixing the show notes here as we go. Uh, for some reason, this says uh, automatic license scanners. We don't want that license plate scanners. Um, also called uh, ANPR. Uh, automatic number plate recognition, I think, is the term for it. Um, and it's um, it, it used to be so it, it was never like illegal, but the German police used it in the past in some cases where the constitutional court said that, that we think that's unconstitutional. Um, one was the case I was talking about in that previous episode about like that highway, the guy who shot at other cars, the trucker who shot at other cars on the highway. And so the police had this problem where they didn't know in which cases they could use this, which caused them to not really use it a lot. Um, now, the government deciding unilaterally as a great coalition is apt to do um, that they now can do this. Uh, basically, uh, they just need to, it doesn't even need a court or it just needs a justification by either the public prosecutor's office or even the, or the police even themselves. Um, in some cases, they can also just do that um, in uh, spoken form, they don't have to write it down, they have to justify it later or whatever. But basically, they're going to use it all the time now. Um, the law kind of makes it sound like um, uh, it'll be used for stuff like manslaughter, murder cases, stuff like that, large drug sm smuggling operations, and of course, terrorism, um, <laughs> which is always, uh, which they always, you know, that's always kind of like child porn, that's what they always claim. Um, yeah, I just want to update everybody on that. I mean, it's. Um, this is another point in the long line of uh, law 
changes in Germany where you just go, well, it's a great coalition and they're just tightening the screws and it's getting worse and worse. I mean, the pandemic was a um, just an accelerator with this kind of shit um, where they're just, you know, they're just basically, they're, you know, they're taking, they're taking rights. We have as citizens away left and right and they're just making more and more draconian measures everywhere. Even though it doesn't, um, like stuff like this, of course, specifically doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic. But like, um, as I've often talked about when I talked about like civil liberties and what's happening with, uh, with you know, in case of the coronavirus scare and all of that, um, it just um, when they can do something like this and people don't subject, uh, they, they they don't um, rebel. You know, when they say, okay, you can't go out after nine o'clock now, um, or you can't do this. You have to wear <laughs> you have to wear wear your face diaper when you go to the shop. When you do this kind of thing, uh, and then you just get people used to just saying yeah right whatever the state knows best and that seems to be what they're doing um it's doesn't seem to it seem, doesn't seem to be only germany it seems to be pretty much all across the board all over the world um i was just talking with jonathan you know we were, i don't think it was on that podcast i uh, plugged earlier but we were running around uh in tarkov uh, probably streaming or something we will we do this a lot and then we just talk about shit and he was telling me that in Denmark they just doubled all the fines for everything like you know in case of the pandemic it was like okay now we have we have to um, keep people from doing these kind of things let's just double all the like the 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 the, the, the prison terms all the fines just if you do anything uh, it's just now double the fines everywhere <laughs> which is it's just hilarious um, it's just uh, it's just uh, people uh you know the government getting people used to doing getting people uh to abide by uh, more and more draconian rules um oh we got some as i said you know of course i'm streaming this live on twitch we got some live feedback not for this show uh but for escape the talk show where terrestrial jim says uh, he heard the first episode um but my first impression is that i solely missed the visual element of you seeing you guys play um, but maybe it is needs some getting used to. It. I think yes. I don't think you need to see us play. That's not the point. We're just doing something. We could be running around in Minecraft. Just just don't concentrate on that. We just sometimes get shot at. If you actually want to see us play, we, um, there's also scenictarkov.com. Uh, okay, now I have to put that in the show notes. Ah, oh, you guys, you're just creating problems. You guys, you're just creating problems for me all over the place. Now I have to write this down. This, I don't know what that what accent that was Indian uh, uh, okay uh, that is that is scenic Tarkov.com um, I'll put that in the show notes as well show notes of course are private citizen press um, anyway there you can also see us uh, play uh, but you know it's just supposed to be like background background noise and most people don't play Tarkov or are not interested in that. That they won't get, uh, you know, they won't even, uh, they won't even want to, you know, they don't care. I think. Anyway, um, thanks for the feedback, though. Um, and of course, always feedback. Also, welcome to this show. Um, either if you listen to this to uh, on the podcast, you know, there are many ways. Uh, they're all listed in the show notes. Uh, you can of course write me email. We have a Discord server. Uh, we have a mate- matrix room. 
uh, there are like anonymous ways to contact me. Uh, you know, it's a contact link at the top, private citizen or press. Uh, just go there. Anyway, let's get into the main topic of the show um, because th- this is what I really actually wanted to talk about. So let's talk about the EU copyright reform, or as it is officially known, you know, the EU almost as good as the German government with making up cumbersome names, the Directive on Copyright in the Digital Single Market, um, which is something I haven't talked about on this show. Uh, I've covered on my blog at fab.industries, uh, but especially in German because, you know, it was a topic in German politics. Um, but, I've you know, I've, I've covered this in the past. I've written about it. Um, you know, there were lots of demonstrations about two years ago against this. Um and then people seem to have just given up. And uh, the it looks like the lobbyists got what they wanted. Um, the biggest problem with this whole um, copyright reform is Article 17, which used to be Article 13. Uh, they renamed it just to confuse everybody, the fuckers. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it forces platform providers, uh, specifically aimed at YouTube, I think. Nobody disputes that. Um, to implement a thing, you know, things called upload filters. That's what they have become known uh, colloquially, i.e. Um, uh, if you want to upload content, a video, but it also applies to like photos on Twitter or text, you know, I guess. I guess forum providers will have to implement. And then there's some rule like under which you don't have, if you don't have that many users, I think you're not, you're not, uh, um, you know, man, it's yeah, this doesn't really apply to you. But you know, Facebook. I mean, Twitter. It wouldn't really apply to Twitter as well because the messages are generally pretty short. But uh, well, it would um, because the limit is actually very few characters. I think I'd forgotten how long the. I'd, I'd have to look it up, but it's like relatively short. Um, I think the full name of the uh, the copyright reform of the law is bigger than actually the the you know the bit you are allowed to just quote. Um, but, you know, Facebook, of course, uh, this would apply to. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's generally, it, it is aimed at um, at big platforms. But that's not really what worries me. I mean, it's um, what I'm thinking about is the impact on the user because it'll affect all users uh, of, of social networks and of these platforms. And, of course, upload filters mean they have to check uh, when you upload that whatever the user uploads does not uh, violate any copyright. Um, and this this turns around a thing that was, you know, there was the assumption so far, uh, generally in law, pretty much all over the world, um, that uh, content platforms, social networks, uh, big companies uh, running these things um, uh, were up, you know, they, 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 there's this... Um, um, this term called safe harbor, which actually, you know, that's a U.S. law term. It doesn't apply to copyright. That is, um, that was the thing, right? If you if if you're like a, a website, right, and uses social network, whatever, if users upload things, and we talked about this on the show before, and um, that breaks any laws, then if you're not editorializing, right, you're not running a u- newspaper, or whatever, you 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 know, you, you just you're just a provider. You're not editorializing. Then nobody could sue you 
for what the users post. And the, the same kind of approach applied to copyright as well, right? YouTube, if a user uploaded something that was that was violating somebody else's copyright, then they could go to YouTube and complain and YouTube would pull the video down, you know, the DMCA, uh, named after the Digital Millennium Copyright Act uh, that provided this function. Um, but YouTube wouldn't get sued, right? You couldn't go and sue YouTube. Um, now, what happened is, in effect, uh, large rights holders, talking music, movie, and publishing industries, uh, they were basically of the opinion that Google, uh, via YouTube, uh, was making too much money from illegally uploaded stuff. So their content being uploaded, uh, people watching it, like uploaded illegally, people watching it, and YouTube generating ad revenue. Um, and so they went and lobbied uh, the EU government to create this legislation, um, which basically means, you know, upload providers now have to check everything you upload um, because if they don't, they will be liable, um, which is a problem. Now, before we get further into this topic, I think there a small discourse in copyright is in order. Because many people, uh, and I've started encountering this when I was doing Linux Outlaws, where we were talking a lot about, um, you know, copyleft licenses, open source licenses, and they are all copyright licenses. So the way by which you enforce open source and copyleft is uh, by copyright. You know, code, soft, the um, software code um, is considered a work and falls under copyright. So this is when I first ran into people who do not understand how copyright works. And this is where I learned a lot of this stuff. And um, these days, especially younger people, I would say from the, you know, young millennials, um, me being at the very end of the age range of a millennial, uh, younger millennials, and especially Zoomers, seem to generally have no fucking idea how copyright works. And this is a pet peeve of mine. You often see YouTubers and, and streamers uh, on Twitch or whatever talk about... Uh, non-copyright music in air quotes or copyright music and um, to me that makes it clear that these people don't understand one of the most basic principles of copyrights which which i want to explain here because we need kind of need this understanding to go further to understand you know that there's no way around this right you could you could think well you know if i'd upload something that's not copyrighted how can they upload filter that right um but the problem is there is no such thing as something not being copyrighted. Because in 1952, um, there was a thing called the Universal Copyright Convention, which is also often called the Geneva Convention. And that basically unified copyright or large parts of our copyright works all over the world. Like all the Western countries are in there. Um, so uh, pretty much all over the world where they care about copyright. <laughs> right? We're not talking China. Um, but, you know, countries like that, um, most of our copyright works uh, was, was um, like, homogenized, um, which is weird because that does, that, that I, don't, I don't think, you know, obviously when I'm talking about this, uh, you got to understand I'm no lawyer. Obviously, this is not legal advice. I mean, come on. Um, but, you know, um, as far as I understand, there's no other precedent pretty much in law where, like, basically the the way something works works the same all over the world, right? Um, 
that that is 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 very seldomly the case, especially not by accident, but like by people getting together and um, discussing this. And the first uh, step in this direction actually was in 1886. That was the Berne Convention, and that basically uh, already homogenized copyright law pretty much all over the world, except like a few countries, including <laughs> the United States. Like North America wasn't in there. And um, so what the what the Geneva Convention, the Universal Copyright Convention, basically did was pull the U.S. and some other countries into this whole um, way of copyright. Yeah, you know, how copyright works. And um, the 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 main point that is in, important for what I'm trying to explain here is that the Berne Convention and later with the Geneva Convention, the whole world. Um, basically has this idea that the mere creation of a work is enough for it to be copyrighted. Um, before um, uh, before uh, the U.S. joined the Universal Copyright Convention, so the Geneva Convention, which th that was passed and that was that happened in '52, but the U.S. joined it pretty late uh, in '89. Uh, before that, you didn't have automatic copyright in the U.S. Um, at first, you'd, ha you'd have to register with the copyright office. So if you made a work, so if I made a podcast, I would have to like register every single podcast episode uh, with the co U.S. copyright office. And later they changed that, and but it needed a copyright notice. That's why everything has a copyright notice, which is actually legally not needed anymore. But everybody still does that to make clear, you know, who to ident easily identify who who owns the copyright. And I think this point is where this misunderstanding comes from. Um, this is why a lot of people, especially in the US, are of the opinion that things need to be registered to be copyright or that there are non-copyright things, right? That you can just put things into the commons, for example, um, which is a hard thing. Like we talk about this on Links Outlaws a lot because we talked about software licenses and then we talked about Creative Commons, uh, which I license all my podcasts under. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's really hard to, in some countries to put something into the commons. Uh, in Germany, for example, it's virtually impossible. Uh, that's why the CC0 license basically doesn't work um, because there are lots of countries where that doesn't work. Basically, the only thing you can do is you can give everybody in the world uh, a very wide-ranging license. That's what like a, you know, CC BY license does, uh, for example. Um, and that's about the only thing um, you can do that works all over the world. Um, so basically what this means is that today, uh, in most jurisdictions all over the world, uh, a work, a work, and we're talking like, if I write something, you know, blog post, uh, po poetry, uh, a podcast, music, um, software, uh, you know, anything that's considered a work under copyright law, uh, it's immediately copyrighted. In the moment it's created, like, technically it's when it's published, Right, you know, so you have to put it out into the world. But you know, I think technically it's like that. It works like that. But like in the law, pretty much says that as soon as it's created, um, and in some countries, even uh, like in Germany, um, as the original creator of a work, you cannot relinquish most of these rights. So in Germany, uh, if I create something and I say this is not copyrighted, that doesn't work. It's legally not possible. Um, if you ever sign a contract that says, uh, so if I made a podcast and then I sold that to a company and, I, and they made me sign a con contract in Germany that, that said, um, you're relinquishing our copyright to us. Like this podcast that you created is now copyright Evil Corp. 
GmbH. Um, then that clause would be, as far as I understand it, as, as I'm not a lawyer, um, would be null and void. That doesn't, you can't do that in German. You have a moral, what's called a moral right uh, to be identified as the author of your work. Um, the closest thing you can do, and you, as a journalist, as a freelance journalist, for example, you do this often, uh, or even as an employed journalist, it's in your employment contract, um, you can give someone an, an exclusive license. Right? Back in the day when I was writing for Heiser, I was employed for Heiser, um, their employment contract said that everything I write on the job, they have an exclusive license to. But they can't take some of the rights I have by creating the right under copyright away. You cannot take that away. Um, but, you know, an exclusive license would, for example, mean that an article I read for Heise, I couldn't publish uh, on my personal blog without their permission. Um, but, you know, under under German, German copyright uh, law, and I think in some other countries, I think the UK has some similar um, things. That's why the books always say in the beginning, uh, UK books always say the, this asserts the legal right of the author to be identified with this work and stuff like that. It works kind of the same. That's actually where the right part in the term copyright comes from. You know, it's a right you get. It's not like a, um, uh, oh, what what I don't know. Whatever. It's not a, it's not a contractual thing or whatever. It is a right. If you what they mean is if you create work, um, you get granted certain rights by the act of creating this work. Anyway, we we had we needed to talk about this because. Uh, you know, this 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 will show you that everything everything you touch, everything you know, everything has copyright attached to it. Um, if you take a photo yourself and you upload that to Twitter, that has your copyright on it. Um, but if you just download a picture of the internet, doesn't matter if the guy put it on the web, on a, on the website. You know, if some guy puts a photo on his website and says, "You can take this. You can do whatever you want with this. I give you the per permission." Right, you can probably legally upload it to Twitter, but he is still he has still has rights under copyright. He is the author of the work under copyright. You cannot take that away, um, and that's a little bit of that's where the problems start with these upload filters, um, because let's say somebody. Um, uh, publishes a picture on, on, on his website, says you can do whatever you want with that. I take the photo um, and he deletes that blog post. But I you know, still assume I have the right, probably have the right, and then I upload the picture. Uh, you know, if that would get, I mean, in technically how upload filters work right now, that wouldn't get flagged, right? But like if it would get flagged and the platform owner would say, well, you have to prove that you have a license for this or that this is your copyright or that you have permission to upload this. I couldn't prove that, right? And I would be in trouble. They could stop the upload. Um, so, right, the only ways to prove anything like that is either you are the copyright holder and you can show that somehow, um, which can be hard in some cases, or you have a license. And sometimes that doesn't save you. Um, so um, we're going to get into some examples later that have nothing to do with upload filters, but with just like, I mean, YouTube will use their content ID technology to implement these upload filters. We, we know this. And the content ID before was looking for copyrighted works, not as, you know, as part of an upload filter, but later on, um, and you know, 
since a f actually a year or so, it's actually been working pretty much as an upload filter, as far as I understand. But you know, um, they were using this, and it it would go wrong all the times. Uh, for example, I used to um, have a podcast uh, where I used a song from a um, from Halkov, who is well, it wasn't Halkov, it was like uh, there's an artist called Halkov. He's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool Swedish dude. Does some metal. Um, he used to have a band called the Bourbon Boys, which was was like a hillbilly country band. And I used one of their songs. I wrote his publisher and I said, "Can, can I can I use this for a podcast? I'm not making money on this podcast." And they sent me an email said, "You are allowed to use this, right?" And uh, this got flagged by Content ID um, because it turns out that the guy had changed his publisher, and there was an older publisher who used to have the rights to this song didn't have it anymore uh, but was still like flagging it and was still preventing my uploads at you on youtube and demonetizing my not that i was making money on it but you know like copyright claiming under dmca uh this and it actually i had to go through a whole rigmarole which took like i think almost months i think maybe two months um to just you know get somebody at fucking google because google doesn't have people you can talk to um to, to fucking unflag this because I was like I have I have I have a license I'm allowed to use this but it's like really hard to prove that and we'll be running into problems like this with upload filters all over the place but you know I'll get into the problems a little bit later um, I just want to point out before we move on I want to point out some other thing um, I'm certainly not against copyright um, so I, I am somebody who makes literally all of his money by creating works Right? And I'm guaranteed if I work as a freelancer, you know, and I write something for a publishing company, uh, the reason I can make money of that and the reason I can even sell them that work is because of copyright. Um, and so I'm not against copyright. Um, my, my point is that copyright before this reform was fine and worked. Um, you know, I could, I'd love to make more money as a freelance journalist, but, you know, this law isn't helping me. Um, the only thing that law is, this law is doing is increase profits of the music industry, the movie industry, and also big publishing companies. And you know, if you look those, if you look these companies up, you will see if you look up their their statements, right, their revenue statements, you will see they make profits of millions or even billions of euros every year. Profits, right? They're making money. Especially, I know this from the publishing industry. Um, the big publishing companies that run all the newspapers where they were like, oh, we have to fire people who can't make money with journalism. They make profits in the millions, right? They're not bankrupting themselves running these publishing companies. They make a lot of money. These people make a lot of money. So you can't tell me that like without this law they wouldn't survive that's basically what they said in a lot of like the public discussions about this which is complete and utter bullshit like the only reason to pass a law like this is because these people are greedy it's pure unadulterated greed is what this is um and it only protects the interests of big companies um and I think this is especially bad um, because, I mean, you know, a law like this kicking like the little guy or whatever or kicking the public and making more money for companies is not nothing special, 
But we are in a very special situation here because, you know, not even looking at the music industry, the movie industry, I don't really care about those. I'm not a musician. I'm a journalist. And journalism is fucked right now. Uh, I mean, I have, if you go to the show notes, just like all the, all the stuff I used for this is in there. I have links. I have a link to just like the journalism tab attack for this show where like you get all the episodes um, about journalism and where I've documented and discussed with people why journalism is so bad like what what the problems are and it's pretty much um, this traditional model of journalism where he has a, you have a publisher who makes wants to make a lot of money that's failing because they're they're making less and less money they're still making millions that you know still driving around in luxury cars and living in in big mansions um, but they're making less and less money, which is why they, uh, you know, try to shave the bottom line and they fire people, which is why uh, journalists don't have time to f do fucking journalism. They don't have time to do research. You know, they're getting paid badly. Um, I've seen this all firsthand. And the, the real problem here is that journalism is just not a... It's not like movies or fucking, you know... Music. I mean, we all like movies and music, but in the end of at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Journalism is not entertainment. Journalism fulfills a very important role in our societies. Um, you know, in some societies, it's called like you know a pillar of democracy, um, and we've seen this failing badly in the last few years. We've seen this in the U.S., where you know through the whole Trump era. Uh, there's a huge rift now between people con considering themselves conservatives and progressives or Democrats and Republicans, the left and the right. There's a huge rift that goes through society, which is by no little, which is no little fault of journalism, which has constantly been driving this rift. And the horrendous like reporting and the shitty reporting has just helped create this. And I've talked about this on the show a lot. Like, I've ragged a lot in the New York Times, for example, for just being shit. <laughs> um, they're not the only ones, but they're, like, very shit. Um, then there's, like, if you're talking about the pandemic, there's, like, this, what I think is so horrendous misunderstanding of reality, which has happened because journalists are fucking, journalists are fucking idiots. They don't know the difference between DNA and RNA. They don't, they don't know fucking anything. They're just like, oh, a, a mask helps. It's science. Right, they have they 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 don't like. I've talked to people who've written articles like this who don't know what PubMed is, and I'm not even in the field. That's like basic re. They can't do basic research, even if they know what PubMed is. They don't look like a paper, and they can't fucking read. They have never learned to read a scientific paper, right? They just read the synopsis, or you know, <laughs> they just read the intro. They never they never read actually the parts of the paper where the challenges are discussed and what it doesn't do, which you know what it d didn't prove, which is the important thing. Um, it's just it's just mind blowing. So our journalism is shit already, right? We don't need to make it less shit. And kind of the only thing right now that it's ma is making it less shit, at least in my opinion, is like the little guy. Um, I mean, this is why I'm doing things, things like this. This is why I'm doing this podcast. I believe in this kind of stuff. Um, and I've gotten a lot of good information from, from YouTubers who are just doing like YouTube videos who do, in, in, in a lot of cases, do better research than the big guys. 
because I don't know, they live on like ramen. They don't need to make that much money and they actually spend time researching shit. Whereas the pros in the editorial offices have a guy breathing down their neck and they can't fucking do anything. Um, I mean, there are exceptions. There are publishing companies that were better than others, you know. But in, generally, I think the big guys have not been doing a good job uh, in recent years. And then we get a law like this, where it's basically going to help the big guys keep the small guys small. Um, because, of course, the big guys all have their own platforms. They don't need to upload stuff to YouTube. And they have copyright. They have lots of copyright. They have rights. You know, they have rights holders. Um, but I'm going to get into how this is going to hurt, uh, you know, freedom of speech in a little bit. Um, one thing I just wanted to uh, also talk about is like up how upload filters surely don't work. Um, and it's not, it's not hard. To understand it's not hard. Anybody who's l done a little bit of research and looked into how this stuff works, you know, and basically, you know, this is a law that's aimed largely against Google and YouTube and they'll be using content ID. We know what content ID is and we know how it works. Um, so anybody who's, who has a YouTube channel, who's uploaded videos, knows that content ID has been shit. Um, content ID breaks, does not work, and often you can't tell if it's just fucked or if it's been abused. Um, I, I had run-ins, like, I, you know, I talked about the thing with the Bourbon Boys. I had that. I had other, lots of other things. Like, the latest one was in March, um, where, you know, speaking of Escape from Tarkov, I was uploading a stream where Jonathan and me were playing Escape from Tarkov, um, which got flagged by Warner Music um, for, uh, I used the content, um, I, I put a tweet that I sent to Warner Music and YouTube, of course, never heard back. Um in the show notes and basically the content they are claiming is called live stream so pipe character live stream pipe character birthday weekend dot 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 and there was no more information on that so i'm guessing one of music it must be a, mu a music video i think they they have somehow have a claim on a tarkov live stream video for some reason and they think my video is that same video Anyway, I was asking them um, because I, Jonathan and me, this, this, this video is literally me and my friend playing a video game, which in their community guidelines say you can do that. So the guys owning the copyright to the video game say what I'm doing is okay. And there's lots of other people doing this. So it's, it's not like that's a surprise with lots more viewers than me. Um, I was playing music in the background um, which was music from Epidemic Sound, which I have a license for. That is a, a company that, you know, well, you'll hear one of the songs at the end of the show uh, that licenses music specifically for that. So I have a license to use their music catalog in podcasts on my YouTube channel and on my Twitch channel. So Warner was, I don't know what they were flagging here, but it clearly wasn't working. So either something is fucked or they're just misusing this. Um, and there are... You know, there are a lot of people on YouTube who uh, are of the opinion that large rights holders have been misusing content ID on purpose for years um, to just slap people down. I mean, they don't care. They just want to prevent people from uploading their stuff. Um, and they don't care. They don't care about local laws. They don't care about anything. Um, and, um, but... 
politicians don't understand this. And even people in the industry don't understand this. I remember um, back in 2019 when, you know, I was writing about this, about this reform, uh, because that was when it was going to be decided uh, in the European Parliament. Um, when when I was writing about this and kind of you know covering why why this reform is shit and why content filters are shit, um, I came across messages from my uh, trade union uh, or my union and you know trade association, the Deutsche Journalistenverband, the German Socialists, uh, Socialists, <laughs> the German Socialists Union, no, the German uh, Journalists Union. Um, and they were kind of saying, uh, they were kind of explaining why they think this reform is good. And um, so uh, they're always saying they fight for the freelancers. And I was like, what the fuck? This is only going to hurt people like me. Um, and, you know, then they do shit like this, which only helps the big publishers. And I actually remember going to a discussion with, I, I was living in Ham Hamburg at the time, and the uh, DOTV has... Um, organizations in every um, federal state in Germany. So I went to the one in Hamburg, which was my organization that I was in. And I had a pretty heated discussion in front of a lot of colleagues with the head of the DOT for Hamburg, who was like, oh no, the upload filters are going to work. And I, I was like, how, how, how are they going to work? And so I was basically saying, you know, I, I looked up how many, um, I think it's months of video are uploaded to YouTube every second. And I'm like, how are you, like, even even if you have a list with all the content you want to pre-filter, uh, let's, let's presume you have that. And let's presume you have software that can actually find that in video. You know, if it's music or text or whatever, it has to find that in video. I mean, that's not trivial in itself by any means. Um, let's imagine we have those two things. How are you going to get the processing power of che of checking months of video um, uploaded every second? And like his answer was basically, it's Google. They have unlimited computing power, um, and it can easily be done with AI. It's basically what it, I'm like. How do you actually know how? Do you know how much computing power Google has? He was like, I have no idea. Like, how can you say this? How can you say you can do this? I know they can't. I was like, anybody, ask anybody here. They were all old people. I'm like, nobody has a YouTube channel. But I was like, ask, go, go ask any kid out in the street with a YouTube channel how this system does not work. They will be able to tell you because it fucking doesn't work. And just saying, I got some AI and I get a blockchain is not going to fix the fucking problem. And we're talking the head of the, one of the, I mean, the. it's not any, like, you know, so I was, this was, I actually discussed this later with some more DR4 people on, on the federal level. But like, this is the, 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 the DR4 in Hamburg, Hamburg is the biggest, um, like federal state DR4 in Germany. Um, it's by, by a large margin because all the publishing companies are in Hamburg. They're either in Hamburg or Munich, but most of them are in Hamburg. So they have more members than like, uh, you know, I think they have more members than the DR4 I'm in now, which is North Rhine-Westphalia, which is the biggest federal state in Germany. Um, well, aside from Bavaria, but you know, they have it's huge. Hamburg's small, but they they have all these members, and like these people, like this was the head of the trade union, so he was like the head of the specialized, um, very specialized um, 
you know, of of the of the trades, you know, whatever. If he doesn't know, who knows? Like the fucking, of course, the fucking uh, uh, people in the European Parliament don't know. Um, and and we knew this. I mean, uh, I followed throughout this whole thing. I followed Julia Reda, who back in the day was a member of the European Parliament, was fighting against this, and she was she was always talking about and documenting how her colleagues have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, this is just lobbyists pushing this through. And I think the the, the problem we're going to have here is that one big phenomenon that's currently going on um, in the world of media and pretty much in the world um, are the culture wars and, you know, cancel culture, all tying in with this, you know, um, rift that's not only going through the political landscape in the US, but also in Germany, pretty much in any country, probably in the country you're listening to, um, and these groups fighting each other. And the, what they're trying to do, which is also talked about on the show a lot, is like, you know, stifle free speech. And um, there are many people these days of the opinion that if you have a different opinion than them, you shouldn't be able to publish that. And this is going to be a tool in that um, that can that can and I think will be misused, and it will be especially misused because um, the I I think personally I think the big guys the big publishing companies they are seeing that they're getting their lunch handed to them by like the smaller guys and they want to suppress them they have always wanted to suppress them. Um, and this works together with the government. Like the government likes to control. It doesn't matter if you're in what country you are. It doesn't matter how dem- democratic it is. The government kind of tries to control the press always a little bit, right? That's propaganda. They want they're, they're, the government wants their message to go through. They they don't want journalists to say something uh, that you know contradicts what what they are saying they're doing. Um, which is why the free press is so important because journalists need to do that. Now a good way to Minimize that you can never completely control that in a democracy. But the good way to minimize that is to, um, or I'm not. I'm saying this as if this was like a big conspiracy. It's not. This is like how it historically grew, right? You had you had very few people with a printing press. You had very few people running a television channel or running a radio channel. Um, there was a limited number of people, and the government could kind of control a little bit what they're saying. Um, and they did this in various ways. They, you know, they co-opted people in different ways. Um, in in an easy way. So in Germany, we have the Bundespressekonferenz, which is like the. It's kind of like in the US, they have the same thing too. You know, it's like when the government, uh, you know, makes a statement, whatever. There's a room of journalists there, and you can't just go there. Like they, they invite you. You have to be invited, and you you know have to be right. And you can control who's there to a certain degree. Um, and you can give people favors or you can, you know, if you're a politician and you're a friend with a guy who runs a publishing company, um, you can pre- probably exert some influence. I mean, this is not conspiracy theories. This is how it works. This is how the trade has worked. Now, a big problem was when the Internet came up and everybody like me, every fucker like me could just do a podcast. Yeah, right? it's, it's a great time to be a podcaster. Or I could just do videos and put them on YouTube. They lost a lot of this control. Um, and I think this is. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this law was passed because of this, but I'm. I have a feeling in the back of the minds of some of the politicians, they realize that this is good for them. That if this gets used by the publishing companies to keep the little guys down, 
right? Then it goes a little bit back to the way it was. Um, and I mean, yes, this is a great time to be a podcaster. Why is that? Because I can just have my own server, put my audio files on there and serve them from And that is true. That's something that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak on our agenda say all the time. Um, but there's a problem with that. We're living in a time where most people, and I'm talking about, you know, people going up now, like, like Zoomers, they don't know how this works. They, they grew up in a world, in a world, in a world where everything's on the fucking cloud, right? Everything's on AWS. Um, if you publish something, you don't have your own blog, right? You might have, you might go to wordpress.com, but you don't run your own server with your own blog. I mean, I realize a lot of the people listening to this are nerds and they do this, but, you know, put yourself in the, just try to think like we are, we are very small edge case. Um, I mean, this is great why it's good to be a podcaster, but like most people that do a podcast these days just go to one company that does the hosting, does everything. That's easy, that's cheap, yes, but like they can control your content. Many people in Germany, for example, or in other countries now believe podcasting Spotify, right? That's the same thing. They control stuff on there and they pull stuff down they don't like. When Joe Rogan went exclusive to Spotify, and deleted his fucking RSS feed, the public one, and deleted his shit on YouTube. He went to Spotify, and Spotify immediately uh, did not publish some of his back catalog. There were some episodes that didn't like, because I mean, there was one with a um, with a lady who is like, is a I don't know, she's a she's a scientist and researches um, uh, transsexuality, and she she had written a book about how. Um, there's what she calls an epidemic in the US, but like very young children are getting sex change operations. And she was just like, this is not good. Um, and Rogan, who in his fucking interview, convincingly makes the point that he is very pro-trans uh, people, um, said, still said, this is a valid point. You know, at least I might not even agree with this person, but I'm doing, you know, I'm, he's not a journalist, but he's more journalistic than many journalists it's like i have to talk to people even if they're of a different viewpoint and but spotify is like no we don't want to have this on our platform and it's not publishing that episode so that's that's how it works in the new world with the you know with the um with the uh the, the culture was of course you know if you're just doing your own podcast like me and i'm talking and I have all all the rights to every like if this podcast goes on YouTube, I, I stream this live on Twitch, and then I you know cut that cut it together to like well I don't cut it I cut like the waiting screen at the end and the back off and then upload it to YouTube so you can watch me on YouTube record this, um, and it could never like if the system works it could never ever be flagged I never play any copyrighted music on here. Right, I have a license to the intro song. I have a license to all the sound effects and the end music from Epidemic Sound. And the rest is just me talking. But you know, sometimes I play Adam Curry. Yeah, it's it's a great time to be a podcaster. And they could flag that and stop the upload. I know that Adam Curry is not going to object. I mean, if in doubt, I'm just going to write to Adam at Curry.com and he's going to send me a letter, say, go fuck off YouTube. I'm pretty sure because Adam Curry's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I could also say like, oh, uh, you know, we often say uh, 
aim to misbehave on this show and then I play this. I aim to misbehave. Which is from Firefly, which is a copy that's copyrighted work by Fox, I think. Right? So they could pull that off. Right? The law says I can play 15 seconds, as especially if it's a quote and whatever, but you know, they could still it could still break. Or I could play you this. Know, there are some important. words I've known since I was a schoolboy. With the first link, the chain is forged. First speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. Those words were uttered by Judge Aaron Satie as wisdom and warning. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. I didn't check, but I'm pretty sure it's longer than 50 seconds. You know, I can play that because I want to say, look, this is one of the smartest things that has ever been said about personal freedom and civil liberties. And it's not fucking Star Trek The Next Generation. Right? So CBS could pull that. Uh, they could probably prevent this video from uploading. Maybe they will. We'll see. Um, but, you know, that's why I'm happy to be a podcaster because I still have another platform that, you know, if CBS comes to me and says, you have to pull this down because the copyright, I can go, no, I won't. And I can just um, explain under German law while that was a legally, or while, why I think that would, was a legal uh, way of using that clip. I mean, they're going to take me to court probably, but, you know, at least I have my fate in my own hands. With YouTube... Yeah, there's a mechanism where they stop the upload and then I can explain myself, right? But like it's there's no guarantee that that even reaches a human and from my experience in the past that probably won't be the case. Um and that doesn't even take into account like the the the, the other thing they have which is a uh, the big red button which some quote trustworthy copyright holders um are going to get, which means if they push that button on your video, you will not. It will be deleted from YouTube. I think it deletes it automatically. YouTube doesn't even look at it. Like this right holder can basically delete your video from YouTube, um, and then uh, you don't have any recourse. There's no way where you can say, "Well, this was, I was like, you know, with the Tarkov video, which we'll just be gone." Even though they have no, there's no legal way. Like I could probably sue them. I don't think even I can on this law because I think it's only easy for like non-commercial uh, trade unions or whatever to sue them. But like, you know, I could sue them. I would probably win because like they have no fucking claim and, you know, couldn't afford that. Um, but like, it's so stupid. There's now a thing. So generally, a good thing about this law is that they've made some things very clear. Some things that were implicitly already legal, uh, especially under German law, um, but they've now made clear, been made clear. So remixes, memes, caricatures, pastiches, parodies, and fan fiction are always allowed. Um, doesn't matter, you know, that 15-second um, rule doesn't apply. And that's, based, that's just audio and video. There's also like a character limit for text, which is really small. And then there's like a kilobyte limit for images, which is hilarious. So you can just like load up the upload the shittiest like degraded fucking jpeg and it's going to be okay like well, you can't do any gifs because gifs are always bigger than i don't know whatever that limit is pretty much but like it's it's hilarious um so this is all like idiotic um like never mind that all this shit was already legal in german law um parodies it's always 
like legal to do this kind of stuff. Um, and another thing is like there's things that are not mentioned in this law that are legal in Germany. So Germany has some. Um, I don't know about your country. I mean, if you if you know about this stuff, if you know about copyright law, especially in your local jurisdiction, please tell me. Private citizens are press. We're going to talk about that on the show then. If I find this very interesting. But um, in Germany, I can talk from my experience. Um, as a journalist, for example, there are things that are... So I cannot just take a, a, a photo of a news event and put that on a news store. Well, I can do that, but like that would break somebody's copyright it will infringe on somebody's copyright but in german germany we have some things that are stipulated in other laws that basically say okay if this this is the case and copyright doesn't apply in that case that would be if you're a journalist um for example you're a journalist reporting on current news um and you need a picture to show something like do you it's not like just to decorate the article is actually um let's say uh, um, somebody uh, painted a swastika on like the government building here in Düsseldorf Um, and then some photographer took a picture it's like licensed Getty Getty images or whatever Um, if I'm reporting on that um, there's a strong case that I could take that image because I need to kind of prove that this happened um, or like, or there's an aspect that I actually need to show, then I can take that image. Uh, and the, anybody who has a copyright claim to that, that wouldn't be valid. Um, uh, same as, you know, if, if there's actually, um, you know, a politician could give a speech. Um, it would be relatively long, but it's like there's like an important passage in there, whatever. Um, I can always quote that as a journalist. Like the normally the the the... The, the copyright holder could say, this is my work, you're not allowed to quote this. Um, it's different if it's a public, in a public place, whatever. But like as a journalist, I can, there, there's some exception. How is YouTube going to, how is a software pro, even a fucking intern or whoever's going to do this at YouTube is not going to be able to figure this out. We know this. We know this already. I mean, we have experience with this. Um, so I have a video, I have some, some links later that if you... Uh, I'm more interested in, in 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 others, you know, in stuff that goes a little bit further. And um, they're in German. Um, if you're interested in this, I have a link to a guy called Christian Solmecke, who's an actual lawyer on YouTube who talks about these things. Uh, and this was before upload filters, but he did a video on I think. Oh God, I think a rapper did a song. Don't quote me on this. I actually didn't watch the video. I just read some stuff about it. A rapper did a song and there was some stuff in the song that was controversial where like people were saying, saying is that illegal? So he, Zoymeke, the, the lawyer, went through the song line by line um, and uh, explained, okay, this would be illegal. This is okay, whatever. Uh, he got flagged from like the publishing company of the song. There's like, this is content. You can't use this. It's like... No, it's fucking not. I'm doing like new, like he was he was a lawyer. He could like click. He was like, I went back to them. They flagged this video and like de- unpublished it and say that we're gonna delete it, right? And he was like, I went to them in like the form or like I, I brought them an email or whatever the fuck, and I explained to them as a lawyer how this is like a legal use of their fucking copyrighted material, and like he said, it's like took weeks to get somebody. 
So basically, his point was at some point is like, it's basically the same as upload filters already back then because that like he uploaded his uploaded his video and that hit like hit immediately and the video was unpublished for a few weeks. So it's like it's 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 hilarious. So these we know that these things are, are, don't work. We know this, and they're not going to make him magically work. Um, and it's like you know this. If I'm allowed to use this as a journalist because I'm reporting on news, if they just then like even if they don't delete the video, if they just like if I can't upload it and then I have to like fill out a form and it takes two days for them to go, yeah, it's actually rightful use, you can upload it now. Like we're talking use. Per definition, a thing of the moment. At that moment it's gone. Right? That doesn't even matter. Why are we even doing this? Um it's even not not even worth it anymore. And then there's there's other things. There's like a, a clause. There's some clause they put in at the very last minute where like the sports, I think it was the German Football League basically put this in. Um, so there's a clause now that when a live event, like a live sporting event or a movie premiere goes on, you're not allowed to upload anything from that. Um, so if there's like an international football game and somebody just shot like scored a goal and I as a journalist go uh, I snip that I snip like 10 seconds of the goal and put it in my video go like the, the game's still going on or in my live stream or whatever and go like this is this goal just happened that that's not allowed anymore like it doesn't matter none of these exceptions even if it's parody whatever or a meme normally the law says meme, memes are always allowed <laughs> but in this case not so now you if there's a like there's a football game going on like on Twitter while the game is running, you can't. And some, you know, somebody scores a goal. Like at the World Cup, happened all the time. Like, um, I don't know, uh, Miroslav Klose scores this amazing goal. Everybody just immediately has the gifts and then has memes while the game's going. You can't do that anymore, right? No. Like they have to prevent. I have no idea how they're going to do this. Uh, the platforms has to actually prevent anything from being uploaded about this game while the game's still, which is while the game's still going on, which is insane like the technical requirement is insane the whole idea is insane why are they doing that like a 15 minute to 15 second meme it's not going to prevent me from watching the games i mean it does the opposite it makes people tune in this is this is like hilariously bad um we don't know how this is going to affect i don't even know if youtube uh, youtube upload filter are in effect um because they, they should be from today uh, yeah, the law is in effect today um uh, but uh, you know, uh, this being the I have to look the seventh of June. <laughs> Just had to look at my, my watch. I, it's been a long day. Uh, but they have till the first of August to comply with the technical means. I don't know how Twitter is going to do this. I mean, YouTube at least has a chance. They have content ID. But what are Facebook and Twitter going to do? No, no idea. Um, it's nice how they take public input when the, these laws are being drafted, says Mozart. Yeah, I mean, they obviously don't do that because there were hundreds of thousands of people on the streets that said this is idiotic. Um, but I, I've given up this illusion for a long time. But it's like really nice how they're not even listening. Obviously, when they drafted this shit, they did not listen to people how the, that know how the technology works. And they never do that. It's like with the encryption laws we talk about and shit. They don't know how the technology works. They just listen to some random fucking lobbyist from some company or rights holder organization or what the, whatever the fuck. Ah, it's it's just disappointing. Um, 
Well, one of the good things about Brexit, and I'm I'm really surprised that I'm even saying this, but <laughs> one of the good things about Brexit is that uh, the e, uh, the UK, uh, because they're not in the EU anymore, don't have to pass this. Um, and it won't. Um, the government has said, no, we're not going to do this. I guess they have other problems right now. Um, and we also have no idea how this is just affect users, like in especially in the US and UK, users of YouTube. Uh, is this only happen gonna, you know, are the upload filters only armed if my account is listed as being in the EU? Um, we don't know. I think we will see. Um, but I think we will, we will pretty much, um, I'm pretty sure that, that, that you will see that this is going to just cause trouble, um, for small guys, um, for guys trying to, you know, yeah, if you just do your own podcast and you're just talking, that's okay. But, but if you want to do news, right. And if you want to do commentary, you will have to play videos and like, it's the best way of just, you know. Quoting somebody, you want to quote somebody. You don't want to like just put words in their mouth. You're like, okay, so Angela Merkel uh, said this, right? And then you find like a clip from on from some TV channel where she said this, and then you play that clip, and then you maybe it's a minute long because that's what Angela Merkel says, and then you can go like, yeah, so she said this, so let's take it apart and let's analyze it, and it's just that's gonna get it's just disappointing. It's 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 going to be very 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 disappointing. I mean, it doesn't like this is one of the things. Where it's like it doesn't really affect me. Like everything I do, I've you know I I'm I'm very I've been very careful um, with copyright and with licenses and other people's copyright um, for years. I mean, sometimes you know sometimes I aim to misbehave a bit. Like lit literally uh, now. I am to misbehave. But, you know, generally I'm, I'm very careful. Um, and, you know, I have to be because, uh, you know, this is all my own platform. It is, I'm, I'm, I'm legally liable for this. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm giving my best. But I'm, I'm happy with this. This is part of why I'm a freelancer. Um, because I like this. I mean, there's risk involved, but there's also a lot of reward. And, I mean, there's a reason why I pay for Epidemic Sound. Um, because I want to have some music in my streams and some sound effects. And I just, I know that I just can't get, just get random shit off the internet like a lot of people do. Um, I don't want to do that. And I've, 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 I've been very careful not to do that for a long time, uh, long before this. But it just, it just pisses me off because it's just going to, it's going to create problems for me as well because the system's going to break. It's going to create problems for everybody. It's just going to uh, hamper independent uh, reporting and in, independent art and media and whatever and what for right these guys are fucking rich these guys that lobby to, to have this done have a lot of money they have nice cars they have nice houses they, they live a lot better than than you or me um, and these fuckers are making these laws like this is I like the EU and I like I like peace in Europe and financial stability and all these kind of things it's brought us. But like laws like this, I just make this is when I understand people that went through <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> let's let's Brexit. I mean it's it's the EU is not doing itself any favors with this shit. And um the German government's very complicit in this kind of shit. So, 
I don't know. It's very depressing, but I think, uh, you know, it's something we need to talk about. If you disagree, maybe you're right shoulder. Uh, contact details are on private citizen of press. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, and if you have another opinion, I'm free. You know, I want this. I want people to tell me. I'm going to get into that. I'm gonna get, I want to get a discussion going. Right? And if there's, God help me, if there's somebody who's an expert, I'm going to get him on the show. I've done this in the past. I like to talk to people. You know, if you want to debate this with me, please come on. Write me an email. Let's get this done. We'll, we'll get this done. Um, yeah, but uh, talking about feedback. We actually had some, um, it's a nice discussion. Uh, I mentioned the Discord channel earlier. We had a nice discussion in the Discord channel um, about email privacy, which seems quite a lot of producers are interested in, and especially Funky Duck uh, provided some uh, nice uh, insights there. And I think I'll keep that in mind, um, this discussion, um, because I'm, I'm pretty much set now. I'll do an episode about email privacy. And we'll we'll talk about all these uh, you know aspects that people want to find interesting want to talk about, and that's why I love feedback so much, and that's why I always solicit feedback from you guys because um, you know your producers on the show if you do that, and it's very important to me because I'm trying to talk about things that you find interesting, and I'm I'm not above um, you know sometimes topics I don't find interesting then people go like this is really interesting. Uh, we want to hear about this, or you should check this out. And then I do, and I'm like, actually, this is pretty interesting. <laughs> why did I? Why did I think it wasn't interesting? Um, <laughs> yeah. So please do that. Go to Private Citizen Press and give me feedback on this show or any other show I've done in the past. There's people who provided feedback like 50 episodes back. Doesn't matter to me. Still find it interesting. You know, might not put it in the show. Uh, depends. I was the, the things I I choose to put in here. Uh, in the feedback section, I, I do that under the, um, you know, with the goal. Basically, it has to be interesting to other listeners. That's that's what I'm I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, and with that, it's uh, time for me to wrap up this show. licensed jingle from epidemic sound uh speaking of that uh, <laughs> as you can tell i'm running uh you know a lot of my own infrastructure i mean i have people like bite mark who help help me out with the hosting which is great um, which is actually a great service to uh to free speech which i'm, I'm very proud of uh and very happy for but you know um i have to pay some stuff including epidemic sound so uh, if you want to help out um, this show is produced under the value for value model. I'm go going into that every show, so I'm not going to do that today. There's a link in the show notes that explains what it is. Um, basically, it's kind of like you decide your own price, but I don't want to pressure anybody into doing this. I just mention this all the time because I have new listeners and I have to tell everybody. Um, but you don't need to feel pressured uh, if you don't want to or you can't, uh, you know, support me. That's all fine. Um, you could always, you know, support feedback or give me ideas for new topics like funky duck did and then that also helps 
Um, if you want to help out, uh, I have a Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. And also, uh, you can send money to uh, PayPal uh, to the email address producers at fab.industries, and it will get to me. And um, the people who did that, who keep the show on the air for this episode, are Georges, Steve Hoes, Butterbeans, Jonathan M. Heavy, Michael Mullen Jensen, Dave, Vlad, Jackie Plage, 1I11G, Philip Klostermann, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Michael Small, IKN, Kai Sears, Fadi Mansour, Bennett Piata, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Larry Glock, Tobias, David Potter, Matt Jallyman, Mika, Martin, Mode 7, Sandman 616, Dave Amrish, Mr. Amish, Avis, Drive Zero, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan Edwards, Rizal, Rodane the Insane, great name, Captain Egghead, Cam, D, RJ Tracy, No Reply, Robert Forster, Super User, Rick Brank, and Ewan Curry. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate it a lot. I appreciate every single one of you. And I also have to th thank my Twitch subscribers because, you know, Streamies live, live on Twitch, um, flaunting the upload filters. <laughs> and if you subscribe there, that also helps me out monetarily. And um, you can do so for free if you have a uh, Amazon Prime account. Um, you just have to renew it every month. And the people who are my Twitch subscribers who are helping out that way are Mike the Dane, Flash Gordo, Acherontis7 or Acherontis VII, Sandman616, Mode 7 is unavailable, Redeemer F, Galtaran, Centurio Purtis, Harry Vatana, Bacon the Pork, Brigadier Seal, Sir Nils Olaf, Indie Gamiacs, and Nomd771. All of this is also listed in the show notes, of course, at privatecitizen.press. I appreciate all of you. Uh, subscribers on Twitch as well. And of course, ByteMark. I mentioned them before. ByteMark.co.uk. Uh, provide me with the servers to keep this to keep this show on the road. Um, yeah, that's it. I'll be back, uh, you know, this Monday. I won't be back on Wednesday, obviously, because uh, I'm keeping that day free uh, to recover from my vaccination. Um, if I am still alive after that, there'll be a show. At the latest, probably next Wednesday after. We'll see. Um, I still have the hope that I can... I have some extra topics I've lined up. I still have to hope that I can slipstream that in. But shit keeps happening. Um, and um, yeah. So um, that's it. I'm going to play us out. Obviously, the intro song, uh, which I licensed, <laughs> uh, is copyright. Uh, Raul Cabezali has got acoustic roots, which is great. And uh, I'm going to play us out with um, with the ending song this week. It's called Love and War. It's a great tune. Found this today uh, on Epidemic Sound by a uh, guy. Called, it's uh, Chester Malone feed Lolo Gartman. Uh, amazing song. Really like it. S uh, oh, and Mode 7 is saying, uh, which brand are you getting live on Twitch? I'm, I'm thinking the vaccination. Um, AstraZeneca, the Oxford vaccine, which is why I'm joking that I might not be around for the next episode because I'll get a blood clot and then I'm dead. Um, if I feel the blood clot coming on, I'll be getting on my motorcycle and uh, driving down a cliff or something so that at least they can put on my tombstone that I died on a motorcycle. <laughs> So uh, no, I'm hoping I'll be. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'll be back uh, for an episode next week. Until then, 
here's one for our Russian friends. Always remember. Ублюдок, мать твою! А ну иди сюда, говно собачье! Решил ко мне лезть? Ты засранец, вонючий, мать твою, а? Ну иди сюда, попробуй меня трахнуть, я тебя сам трахну! Ублюдок, анонист чертов! Будь ты проклят! Иди, идиот, трахать тебя и всю семью! Говно собачье, жлоб вонючий! Дерьмо, сука, падла, иди сюда, мерзавец! Негодяй, гад, иди сюда, ты говно! Жопа! Жопа!